It's been about a week since I've recorded anything. I really haven't had time since we got to Safe Haven. Between sleeping in shifts with Joanna and listening to the radio for any hint of the chief finding our hiding spot, I'm finding myself worn thin. David hasn't been back since he brought us supplies. I guess he doesn't want to seem suspicious to prying eyes. While Joanna spends her days in the outskirts of the forest with Bruno, I've been making my way through this building looking for any signs of life. Of course, there's no one else here, which makes this place all the more eerie. For an abandoned building, it appears pretty well furnished. Joanna and I had no issue making ourselves at home on the first floor. Both of our rooms had a bed, dresser, and desk. There's a communal bathroom at the end of the hall, and the showers amazingly have plenty of hot water. If I had to guess, this building was probably a communal housing building. Looking at the size of the rooms, it had to have been for single men and women. I think I'm rambling. We're no closer to finding a way to the mainland. According to Martin, all ferry activity has been halted until further notice. And without a ferry, it's not like we can build a boat ourselves. I can't even continue my investigation until we can get back into town. And who knows when that will be. For the first time since I arrived, I feel... stuck. I can't move forward. Sometimes... Sometimes I think it would have been better for us to just turn ourselves in. Give the mayor what he wants so we can leave, but... That would destroy Joanna. I couldn't do that to her. So... I guess for now, the only thing to do is wait. I don't know what I'm waiting for, but I'll know it when I see it. You're recording this, right? Don't want to repeat myself twice. Yeah, it's on. You want to tell me why we need to record this? Aren't you just dropping off more supplies? Nah, I got more than just food with me this time. I got some information that I know you'll both want to hear. Is it about the ferry? Nope. Unfortunately, you'll have to tough it out here for the time being. Well then. Now, if you'd just let me speak, I could tell you what I'm here for. Not everyone in town has taken kindly to what the chief is trying to do to you. You weren't like the other strangers who were pushy and thought they were better. You were respectful. And no one appreciates how poor Joanna here is being treated either. Now, we can't exactly say this outright to the mayor. But we do have our own ways of rebellion. I've got some people with me. They're willing to talk to you, give you information, but they want some reassurance that you'll take the information they give you and do the right thing. The right thing being using the information to bring an end to Whitaker's reign. I have a hard time believing that you, someone who is a part of the Pillars of Gomorrah, would want to get rid of the Whitakers. You don't have to believe it. That's the truth. After what I've seen, well, I know something here isn't right. Nothing has been right for a long time. I know you feel the same way, Joanna. You haven't been in the same fog the other townies are in since your father left for the mainland. He's... he's alive? Was when I snuck him on the ferry two years ago. And you've known this whole time and didn't think to tell me? He told me not to. He knew the mayor was after his research, and he didn't want to put you in danger. He told me he couldn't take you with him, said something about it being safer for you here. I didn't pry. Asked me to keep an eye on you, but you're a tough girl. I didn't think you needed it. 
I I need a break. Joe. Just give me a minute. I'm not too gentle with my words. I apologize for that, but we can't wait for her. The folks outside are probably getting antsy. Yeah, fine, let's just press on. The people I'm bringing to you don't want to give their names. There's two of them. They also don't want to be asked too many questions. Makes them nervous. Is that counting the person who has experience with the taking? Well, if they decide to speak to you, they'll make three. Everyone will come in one at a time and tell you what they know. Sound alright? Sounds fine to me. Well, get comfy, because it's going to be a long morning. True to his word, David shuffled the citizens in one at a time. They didn't introduce themselves, just as David said. They just started talking as soon as they entered the room. I didn't get to ask any questions, and they were all acting really skittish. I only recognized one of them, the cook from the diner. I didn't do any questioning, so what follows in this recording is just the testimonies of the two people who came in to speak to me. You know who I am, which defeats the purpose of the secrecy, but whatever. I've lived in Gomorrah since I was a teenager. Came here with my mom. I didn't have any skills at 15, so I harassed the owner of the diner until she gave me a dishwashing job. I was taking care of my mother at the time, so a job was important. I've always been bothered by the things going on here, but to keep the peace, I stay silent. I know firsthand what happens to you when you run your mouth around here. Look at Martin. You think he's stuck in there because he wants to be? Nah. He's there because he knows too much and doesn't know how to shut up about it. Mom was the same way. This place couldn't suck either of us in, but unlike her, I wasn't interested in finding out why this place is so wrong. She became obsessed. There's a small library in the town hall. It's mostly full of books about the town history. She would pore over those books. She saw patterns in the things that would happen in town. Like when those kids lost their teeth? She knew that would happen. She circled the dates on a calendar. She tried to tell the parents that the kids would come back, but no one would listen to her. They called her nuts. She wasn't crazy, though. She was just too good at piecing things together. A mom always said that the Whitakers ruined this place. I never asked her to elaborate. I didn't want to know. She kind of made a nuisance of herself, you know? Always telling people that the things they were experiencing were abnormal. Saying things about the taking and that the people would only come back if you would, quote, only try to remember them. Breaking windows at local shops. She wanted people to wake up. I guess... That's how the island got to her. It latched onto her and wouldn't let go. Her obsession with this place was really sick, you know. Our living room was covered with notes and pictures. She'd just sit in the room and ramble on and on. I told her to stop. I told her that Chief Peters would find a reason to take her away, but she didn't listen. I came home from work one day and she was gone. I got a letter from the mayor saying that due to complaints... My mother had been removed from my home. I couldn't see her until she was allowed back in with the general population. I never questioned it. I never wanted to rock the boat. I guess that makes me a bad person, but I've been in a good place since coming here. 
My mother was never truly stable. My home life was never ideal on the mainland. And since they took her all those years ago, everything seems to keep getting better. I have a partner waiting for me at home. I'm the head cook at the diner. I have everything I could want. It seems like it's in exchange for my mother's freedom, and frankly, I'm okay with that. Well, I was okay with that. Lately, things are starting to seem wrong. I'm noticing things are too perfect. It started off with little things. It started off with me burning a steak at work. I turned around briefly to grab a bag to throw it in, but when I looked back at it, it was perfect, like it had never been burned. So I started experimenting. I put a cup of salt in somebody's tomato soup, and they said it was the best they'd ever had, not too salty at all. I baked a pie with no filling, but when I cut into it to serve it, it was a perfect apple pie. Anything I cooked came out exactly how it was ordered. I can't even ruin coffee. It was unsettling, but hell, now work is a breeze. I can bullshit a recipe and the meal will still come out excellent. But then I started to notice how this perfection of mine had spilled over into my personal life. I've won Martin's Lottery 20 times. If he's going through the numbers, I'll somehow always have everything he calls out. Even if I have no intention on participating, if I'm listening, I win. My partner doesn't leave the house. He's home all day and is always excited to see me. The conversation never gets boring between us. He always has something interesting to say. Which sounds great, but one day, I pretended to leave for work and watched him from the window. He stood and faced the front door for almost an hour not moving at all. It was like he shut off once I was out the door. I questioned it that night after work, and he just gave me this blank look. He didn't even respond until I changed the subject. Everything in my life is pristine. I don't have the right to complain, but it's the price I paid that bothers me. The only companionship I have in life as a partner who I don't even remember meeting. It feels like he was just in my house one day. I work at a place where I moved up the ladder faster than I should have. Anyone who is rude or disrespectful to me has an accident happen to them. And for what? My mother. I'm all alone without her. I thought I was above the tricks the island plays, but I'm not. I'm a fool. I hope you find out what's wrong with this place. I hope to God you figure this out. This place is a nightmare in disguise. Take my word for it. Okay, can I just start? Well, we've never met. I live in the clock tower, which seems, I don't know, I guess it seems odd to you. My father used to be the caretaker before he was taken. And now that he's gone, it's fallen to me. It's funny how things like that work around here. Everything passes down from generation to generation and on and on and on. My grandpa helped build the thing, so now I guess I'm stuck with it. The clock doesn't even work anymore. 
But every day I go up those stairs and dust the gears and make sure it's at the same standard that I've been taught my whole life. The clock tower was meant to be one of the most iconic buildings in town, but now it's just an eyesore. The clock stopped working when all those people left back in the 80s or whatever. It stuck at six o'clock, but a few weeks ago, it rang. It was the damnedest thing. The day it chimed was the day you came. How do you know? Martin. Martin reports everything. Anyway, that same day I got a visit from Chief Peters. She and her thugs dragged me to visit the mayor. He seemed, I don't know, scared almost? What do you mean? He started asking me what I did to make the clock tower work again. He didn't even wait for me to answer, just went on about the chimes, something about it getting closer to midnight. Made no sense to me, seeing as it was midday. He let me go after that. The chimes started working again the day you all tried to leave. The mayor came to me that time. He looked frantic, like he'd been up all night. Said he wanted me to turn the clock off. Of course, I told him the thing was supposed to be broken. He didn't believe me. He told me I was relieved of my duties and I needed to leave on the next ferry out, which ended up being canceled because of you guys. Now I don't know when I'll leave. So you have no clue what Mayor Whitaker was looking for when he came to you? No guess at all what he meant by the clock getting closer to midnight? Honestly, no. And frankly, I don't care. I'm staying out of it. Good luck! Well, that was abrupt. Is that the last person that wanted to speak with me? No, I've got Jessie with me too, but I warn you, she's... Well, I need your word that you'll be patient with her. Sometimes she gets lost in her words, so to speak. Is she okay? No, she's not. But for someone who survived the taking, she's holding up better than anyone else could. <laughs> 